Hey guys, this is Suresh Samandam, founder and CEO of Kissflow. I'm also one of the founders of SaaS Boomi. So, as you know, we already had the first season of SaaS Boomi, a super duper success. Now we are into the second season of SaaS Boomi podcast. In the second season, I dive deep into the stories of some of the most impactful startups. As a fellow entrepreneur myself, what I've done is I've attempted to bring perspective of a founder in my conversations with some of the India's biggest SaaS leaders. Truth to the spirit of SaaS Boomi's for founders and by founders motto, I hope the listeners go home with actionable takeaways in every single episode. So, without further ado, let's get started. So welcome uh, Rohit for this SaaS Boomi's uh, second season of podcast we are doing and uh, for all the audience here Rohit is the co-founder of Darwin Box one of the most successful SaaS companies uh, out of India and they are headquartered in Hyderabad and they have a fantastic team and they're doing something so unique and that I think we can going to learn a lot from this uh, podcast so Rohit this is your uh, time where you get 2 to 3 minutes to <laughs> this is your marketing pitch to talk about yourself mostly about your company uh, right and uh, give a brief introduction about what Darwin Park does to the audience so that we have context thank you suresh for having me so at the base of it darwin box is an enterprise hr technology platform we automate the entire hr life cycle for a given organization so think of it for an employee as the hire to retire platform so the whole aspect of recruiting onboarding core hr performance management leave attendance so everything that falls under the hr domain we automate the entire spectrum today uh, we are about 600 plus enterprises using us 1.2 million end users or employees who use the platform day in and day out for different hr aspects across multiple sectors across asia so we've been predominantly asia at this point of time expanding globally but uh, the idea from day one was to build a global brand out of asia in the hr technology space fantastic <laughs> so tell us a little bit more about your team like the founding team when did you get started and what's your background and how you guys met absolutely so uh, my background uh, suresh i was uh, at mckinsey before starting darwin box prior to that was at b school before that did three years stint at google started darwin box with two other friends uh, jayant was a childhood friend of mine he was a banker before starting darwin box and chaitanya was a hr consultant before starting darwin box other than the fact that all three of us are telugu the only common thread between the three of us is we used to work with enterprises as counterparties right uh, as consultants or bankers so what we understood well was enterprises and that's something that brought us together where we saw this acute problem uh, especially in the enterprises we were working with on their ability to not use or disability to use technology well and we used to interact with cxos at these enterprises and we used to see them not using technology as much for solving for big problems that they had so that's where the seed of the thought came up so i while i was at mckinsey i was helping organizations with their digital transformation journey and product seemed to be a nice way of institutionalizing change in those organizations but most of them either didn't know how to use it or didn't find great products to solve for their use cases that's where i pinged jayant and said jayant this seems to be an interesting problem to solve and jayant also at that time was planning to take a break and i ate into his break where he started running with this idea of what is that aspect of the organization that we can solve very well and chaitanya of course coming from the hr background knew exactly what the problem was and that brought us together and uh, it got very exciting because if you take the fundamental systems of record suresh uh, there are three fundamental systems of record in any organization one is the system of record of finance which is your accounting software second is the system of record of your customers which is your crm in in different different ways and the third is of your people which is an hrms and interestingly hrms is one product which everybody in the organization uses right from the ceo to the last intern who has joined the organization right yeah. and in that present form this system which is used by every employee in the organization didn't feel was playing to its potential right because just think about the power in your hands if you are giving them great functionality when everybody is using it right so you can enable empower employees and that's the excitement that got us to start darwin box fantastic okay because one of the things is hr space is one of the so crowded uh, space right i have 
two related questions. One, HR space is very crowded. Two, HR space also contains a lot of one-trick pony point solutions. Like for example, on the one hand, uh, you have uh, suites like Darwin Box. But on the other hand, you have solutions very related to performance management, very specialized on performance management. And then another solution specialized in ADS, application tracking system. And then payroll is a whole new domain. And then uh, goal management, OKR tracking, timesheets, attendance, check-in, check-out. And there are, and all of these integrate with certain devices. All of this has special purpose applications. So this HR space is actually fraught with these two big problems. Did you guys have this knowledge or is it like blissfully, like like when I uh, actually I used to sometimes think, you know, if I only know it's going to take 15 years to build this. <laughs> Did I actually started building this upfront? I don't know. That's a, that's a question. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, short answer, uh, Suresh, we knew one. We didn't know the second. All right. We were blissfully ignorant of that. But the good thing is all of us being in the consulting banking space, we just knew how to do primary well, right? Like, so we basically went around and all of us knew it is a crowded space, right? Like you just Google and there'll be 200 HR systems that show up, right? Right. Just Google it and you'll get 200 systems, right? But one of the things we did is we had good access to enterprise CHRO, CXO. So we went around asking people on, okay, there are so many systems or you're using X and Y system, right? Do you like it? What do you like in it? What don't you like in it? Could this be better, etc.? And consistently, we got only two answers, right? One, they are unhappy. Or second was, we are okay. And we are okay because this is the best system out there in the market. Who else is there? Okay. Right? And for a system like this, right, which is very fundamental, we thought the answer could be better. So to answer your first question, of course, the first part of the question, which is, we knew it was a crowded space, but in the enterprises that we spoke to, we definitely thought we could do better. So there was a clear opportunity to do better. So I think that was there. The second part, we were also not very sure, Suresh, right? Because when we went out to build, we were like, okay, we'll build something that is easy to use, that gives great insights, that configures much better than any other system in the market. And we started building out module by module. We actually didn't think we are an end-to-end HRM. So that was not the first proposition that we started with. But what we realized is two things that led us there, Suresh. So one was, if you think about ease of use, then there is a lot of ease when you bring all of this together. And this is my own example, right? So I didn't know where to apply for leave at McKinsey, for example, because there's just like, like some system, some corner didn't have the password for it. Or two times I tried logging in, password didn't work. So I didn't use it, right? So I used to send a mail saying, okay, I'm on leave these days. Performance reviews was very painful to use, et cetera. And, and the clients used to complain about something very similar. So just that so many things were in so many places, people didn't know where to log in, what is the name of the system to log in, et cetera, right? Unless they are the fundamental systems where you have to do, right? Where you're forced to, like, for example, in McKinsey, I used to know my expense system because that was very important for me to get my money back. But all other systems I used to be, it used to be like a secondary thing. But if you think about, these are all fundamental, right? You want to refer a person, you want to give interview feedback, you want to write performance reviews. These are important. But we felt if you bring all of this together, it just makes ease of use much better. The second part of it that worked very well for us is insights, right? So when I look at a person and I want to write a review for the person, et cetera, you get one point of information saying, okay, this person was ranked so well or rated so well in his interview. When I look at a recruitment system, when I look at a performance system, I get the last three performance ratings. But if I look at a holistic system, I actually get a 360 kind of a report card of that individual, right? Who were the managers that he worked with? What was the compensation changes that have happened? What are the last 10 ratings that happened? Was this person hired for this role or a different role? And in enterprises, people change so many roles and have so many different contexts. It's important to understand that person holistically to even take a decision on that person. And this decision could be promotion, succession planning, exit, multiple other things, right? Retention. So... The way to make this powerful was getting inputs from all these places. Of course, we could integrate with some of them and solve. But in combination, this sounded like a great idea. What other thing that helped us in this journey was our competition when we started off, uh, which was SAP, Oracle work. They were also doing end-to-end. So the buying behavior in enterprises was, oh, I'm looking for an HRMS. And then the competition comes in with a host of modules. Then we, if we had to compete, we had to have them, right? Whether they're client wants to use it or not is secondary and then you can upsell and all of that but the primary was at least to be in competition you needed to have all of this 
right so that's how that led us to this of course right like a like a broad and deep kind of a problem statement to solve with the product but yeah blissfully ignorant went on to build as we got into the market actually one more thing which i forgot to add on to that challenge mix it gives me a lot of respect for what you guys are doing is all these three different challenges one is of course the two that i discussed before and the third one is you know boldly going after india market <laughs> right so i actually uh, tell internally right it takes five times more effort to convince an indian customer right and probably 10 times more effort to convince a chennai customer <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So we'll reserve that judgment on Chennai, but I, I think it's definitely very tough. Some notorious companies, I tell my sales guys, sometimes they come with me, sometimes I do pipeline review. And in that pipeline review, I see some company names, I say, boss, don't even go there. <laughs> okay, you'll, you'll be stuck there forever. I don't want to name the companies just to be uh, respectful of them. That's the other question I have, which is, see, India market is one of the most um, challenging market because... the sales cycles drag a lot and the roi on effort to value ratio like how much effort you put in or how much you close is all is also very high very low actually rather and also there is collection even if they pay the order and then there will be some collection issues they'll all use this typical indian tactics right all the sorts of uh, you know jugglery jugad they'll do right and all of that makes indian market penetration in the enterprise segment and and in the enterprise segment also there are only like some 200 to 300 brands like less than 500 brands that you can go after and all of these brands also consider themselves as like like demigods <laughs> right and they want to be treated special and they want to be like i have one customer who's in mumbai who paid $10000 and something goes wrong he pings me on whatsapp right like like you know what's happening i was like okay <laughs> then i realized okay this is what happens why india and what did you guys see in india which others couldn't see is it like the unserviced market opportunity here or what, what that will be interesting to understand yeah so i think uh, india was always a starting point suresh so always wanted to be global but india was a starting point what is interesting is we were serving india as a market right as consultants not as a product company right and we knew we worked with them so it was not something that was unknown to us right it was not the first time we were dealing with a company in india etc and uh, for us i mean everybody said india was tough and also said entrepreneurship was first tough so mm-hmm. while we went through it we thought this is entrepreneurship right we didn't think of it as oh it's an india problem or it's an asia problem <laughs> or anything right so we just went on to solve for it i think the second thing as you said right is it's deeper than what we thought right and we also went in with the assumption that oh there is this 300 kind of a market size or 200 customers large enterprises that we can go after but it is much deeper right like india headquartered companies above 500 employees around 12000 companies and they behave slightly differently or better from your sme kind of a market okay right so so there are 500 employee based companies in india 12000 12000 and the interesting part is only 20% of them are on any cloud organized cloud software right so so you're basically looking at the 80% market okay. which is moving from on prem to cloud and these on prem customers are also not like completely excel based or like there are 3000 companies who use sap on prem in the other 10000 companies right so they've invested it's not like they've not invested in technology okay. of course they've invested in something that is legacy so that migration and interestingly all of this obviously you'll learn once a vc starts questioning you right like we were again started off saying oh we understand the market we know there is a problem and we are uh, doing this but the first vc we encounter is where we start going deeper into the market and understanding this better so i think that's where the understanding of india as a market came and one of the things and i think we're thankful about today right while we go global is india has trained us to be extremely efficient yeah that's a uh, big advantage like actually i uh, i don't know whether you know like why i said chennai once uh, i was talking to someone in unilever this was he was a customer of us okay and then uh, he is a product uh, director or something he is launching a new product and then uh, is good friend he became a friend after we became customer and then he said hey we launching this new product we launching in chennai i was like so proud and i was like oh we are launching in chennai so it's great no 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 it's a most toughest market you know if it, yeah. if this product succeeds in chennai i know whole india it will work 
I have actually two related anecdotes to that. One, uh, there is a favorite dialogue within uh, us uh, founders in Darwin Box. So I, I don't know if you've seen Dark Knight Rises. So there is a dialogue by Bane where he tells Batman, "You pretend to enjoy the dark. I was born in the dark, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? So, so it's a very favorite dialogue of all of us, which we use uh, when they say India market and all of that. Uh, the second uh, interesting one is when we raised our Salesforce investment, Suresh Arundhati Bhattacharya was the chairman of uh, SBI, now the chairman of Salesforce in India. She actually told us about the story when TCS implemented ERP for SBI." apparently after tcs implemented sbi uh, erp and in that they had to carry like data centers on boats to reach like every branch of sbi right because there are some in the hills some in like islands etc apparently in the next 6 months both the implementation partner the tcs and other implementation partner got inbound requests from some 25 large banks globally because they are like if you solve for sbi i'm sure our banks will be a cakewalk right and uh, so probably that's something that has made us much more muscular yeah. as a company because both in terms of growth rates and gross margins i think we have parallel to top decile companies globally tell us something about how much funding you have raised what is this, some characteristic of your company like number of employees if you, whatever you can share I meaning funding is anyway public so you can share talk about that employees customers so that uh, the audience also gets an idea about the scale of the company that we are talking about absolutely so i think in terms of customers as i said we have about 600 plus customers and uh, about 1.2 million users end users across these customers one of the interesting characteristic there again suresh is 30% of these customers use the hrms completely on mobile uh, right uh, and uh, this is interesting because when we compete with the legacy players most of the legacy players actually solve for mobile as an afterthought where they'll say hey the most repetitive tasks for hr should happen on mobile right everything else happens on laptop but we were solving for a market which a lot of employees don't even have access to laptop right like you can take a manufacturing workforce or you can take a field force of a pharma company or an insurance company they've never used a laptop right so the only way they access is it on is on mobile uh, right that means once in a lifetime event like investment declaration resignation all of that has to happen on mobile right none of this will be solved for for the global legacy players on mobile that being a side note and it's a characteristic of the markets that we are solving like india indonesia philippines all of this other part of it is i think we've raised about in total we've raised about 30 35 million in terms of this thing so the first round came from the likes of india partners and 314 in our early stage and a few angels then a 4 million round with uh, light speed uh, this was in 2017 uh, and then uh, we raised about 15 million from sequoia in 2019 and uh, salesforce made a small investment of another 15 million last year 2020 end so that's been like a investment journey the interesting parts of course was at different points of times this was useful for us because one light speed like in 2017 was a time when they were the best at enterprise saas investing right mulesoft app dynamics nutanix right and a lot of ipos at that time uh, were happening and we got a good view of how they look at enterprise software right the whole sales motions how do you do enterprise uh, sales modeling etc we learned from them um when sequoia came on board of course we learned a lot about asia as a whole right like a lot of parts of southeast asia which they had presence in as investors was very useful uh, salesforce was extremely interesting because it came in bond where they also saw a lot of they had a big push for asia as a market as a company and salesforce ventures follows the company right so and they've looked at which which are the other products in asia that their customers were using and darwin box came up a lot and that's where salesforce investment happened so across the board i think there are a few sectors we do very well in suresh so internet of course we do very well so paytm swiggy delivery big basket grofers uh, right uh, phone pay multiple of these companies more than 35 unicorns use darwin box as the platform of choice uh, manufacturing as a sector is again we are very strong at because we solve for some of the most complicated use cases across uh, manufacturing wherever there is field sales force or field work right logistics insurance we do very well again some of the initial use cases you spoke about check ins and 
all those elements which are very very essential for these kind of contexts uh, we do we work with all the large conglomerates in the region so in india it would be like the tatas mahindras pvs chennai clients and multiple others in terms of large uh, enterprises in india in indonesia we work with some of the largest ones like jarum group map we also work with the largest internet player there tokopedia philippines we work with jg summit uh, right multiple of these ent- large conglomerates has become a strength for us because our product is very flexible to solve for conglomerates the good thing about conglomerates uh, suresh is one wide range of sectors they cover it's very peculiar of asian conglomerates where the same conglomerate will have an automobile company a qsr retail a technology company and everything so solving for them uh, is very interesting whereas in, in the us you'll have like a mostly a sector focused conglomerate so we were able to solve for those and that's why we are like a preferred player where at a conglomerate level the promoters or the chairman wants to see data across the board right so it helps harmonize etc all of that so that's where we are in terms of arr we doubled twice we tripled last year as well and uh, i think we'll double again this year as well very very nice to hear that but how did your early sales motion happen how do you generate leads when you started and how does it changed now it will be good to talk about is it uh, marketing driven or is it outbound driven you know uh, all that would be very useful for audience to understand yeah. absolutely in enterprise uh, suresh and uh, i probably can generalize this founder sales becomes super critical early Sorry, founder on founder sales founder sales becomes super critical so till early 2017 we didn't even hire a sales person it was only me and jayant selling in the market and uh, interestingly enough we used our own networks so jayant was at ey i was at mckinsey we used our networks we used our what alma mater the, what was the deal size at that time sorry so we were looking at an average deal size of $30000 at that time 30000 usd usd arr yeah okay right we, we did have a wide range though so we had of course like a 10000 15000 kind of deals and we also had like a 100k deal in that first one year as well but the 100k deals came from internet companies we won the paytms and deliveries and swiggies of the world who were paying us 100k at that point to entire automate the entire employee life cycle but that's the deal size we see till the first 50 custom actually 40 customers it was only both of us selling and i think one thing that worked very well for us suresh is hr ecosystem as the the hr fraternity if you may is a well knit group so we were actually going and demoing to anybody who had a need or not right like we were actually showing off the product to most people who could actually put in a good word later to somebody else as well because at that point while we built out only like some part of the product that we have today all the basics or fundamental principles of product building were right uh, whether it is design whether it is configurability etc so people understood the philosophy with which we were building this product so we went in like probably daily we used to do two three demos we were traveling most of the week being in front of chros hr leaders etc so that happened today we have more than 20 sales folks so it's been a journey in terms of the sales team etc so in terms of the how our uh, lead generation happens suresh so 30% of our uh, lead gen happens inbound and the major marketing activities that uh, that drive this of course is events right content and any of the other branding activities like banners etc that we do so this is not like a digital sales push this is more like creating top of mind awareness for companies so that when they want to make a decision and hrms decision is a big decision in general right for every organization because the fundamental system of it so they need to know us right so we need a seat at the table and that's the other thing that has happened over time which has changed from when we started to now before we used to knock on doors to say hey please consider us as well today we are invited to the deals right so i think that's that has changed over time because obviously the brand compounds itself in terms of value so 30% is outbound where emailing cold calling whatever works right so different different things that we do to make sure that they consider us etc and 30% happens through the sales folks right so they generate their own leads and their networks and all of that right so broadly those are the numbers it can be different each quarter but uh, broadly we're looking at one third coming from each a huge part of this is referrals right and uh, going back to the point around the hr fraternity being well knit once the good word is there people do talk about it because they do talk about that as a fundamental business building aspect right so when they talk about what they do for their employees they say hey we use darwin box as a hr technology platform and we do these four things on that right so we do rewards and recognition here or we automate these parts of it we make it easier for employees like this etc so that definitely helps 
in an ecosystem like this and if you take the similar metrics would be there in indonesia philippines singapore which are now a lot more stable for us as markets but if you are in an early market again it will be a lot more outbound driven you you have a sdr team uh, yes. so talk us about your sales team structure like different organizational structure and what how does it operate yeah we might call it different things uh, uh, so just to add, but keep it simple i think as a team we have jayant leading all of sales and marketing as a function and uh, within that under the sales side of course there is uh, outbound sales or lead gen if you may right uh, the emailing etc team which again gives it off to the regional sales directors who are the direct sales force or account executives like we call them we also have a good uh, two is to one ratio of sales to pre sales or solutioning folks because again in enterprise deals doing workshops doing solutioning deeper solutioning becomes very very critical to convert them because what happens is enterprises come in with saying hey this is my process can you show me solution that solves for my process and they would like to see majority of it or the most critical parts of it so it's important to have a, like a very strong pre sales so when you team. say two is to one for every two sales we have one pre sales person okay uh, right and then uh, then the marketing team includes multiple facets right uh, so there is of course the events team there is the content team there is the digital team oh, uh, how big right. is the employee base right now so we are uh, 540 employees uh, suresh broadly three uh, divisions right so there is the sales and marketing team that i spoke about there is the product and engineering team which uh, reports into chetanya and uh, and then with me there is of course the whole implementation customer success customer support operation teams etc so that sitami and any bit of strategy and corporate finance also sitami okay so and the bulk of the team what will be the split of the employees across these three functions so the smallest team is sales and marketing the largest would be the operation team which is all the client facing teams which is implementation customer success customer support and central learning teams etc so that will be like a good 250 member team about 150 in product and engineering 150 to 180 and uh, the rest in sales and marketing hmm. that's pretty good actually because in a way like most companies the the, the sales and marketing is the one that slowly becomes bigger but in in your case i guess because hr requires a lot of customer actually i was having this question the product section itself but then i think it makes sense to ask ask here unlike like a fresh desk or even a kiss flow for example right we have standard products and people can just sort of use it right even kiss flow it requires implementation but nature products every customer says you know my process is different no i want to change this my performance appraisal is very different from what the next company does next door so and that triggers a lot of uh, customization work how how does the product handle it and uh, what will be the license to services and implementation ratio and how long does it take and uh, does it also have implications in scaling the company absolutely i think great questions uh, suresh and something that we are actively solving for in different aspects right so if it when it comes to product i think in terms of two things that differentiate us a lot suresh and both with the benefit of hindsight that we were able to build out is one of course the usability right uh, bringing in a lot of the sme saas or consumer logics into enterprise saas right because the moment we started we said okay we should not have a very large team to implement so how do we build right how do we make sure that people understand the settings and the configurability very well etc and that's the usability and also the end user where the trainings required are limited so so i think that's one the second is a lot of focus on configurability luckily when we started off also and uh, of course right you guys are pioneers in this whole workflows as a service and uh, forms as a service we tried to marry that uh, with the hr basics sorry. so the hr fundamentals around the roles and the key elements right which is employees which is hrbps managers l1 l2 managers etc and a very nice workflow and a forms builder right so if you combine these two you should be able to solve for most of the workflows okay. uh, right so so we brought that two together of course right and you said as a asia as a market also trains you to be much more diverse i talked about multi sector conglomerates etc so in the same company you would have different structures uh, right you would have the sales team working on a position management system a position management system is basically you define a position and anybody can sit on it <laughs> or uh, and then the other system is a role based system where 
the person you attach a role to the person right it's a, the individual becomes the entity or in a role based system and in a position based system the position becomes the entity so there are rules for the position here are the roles and there are companies which have both right and none of the global products can solve for this because they say as a company you should make a choice right like i mean this is best practice you should make a choice between whether your position system or role based but we have companies where there is manufacturing where there is retail and all sitting together right in one large conglomerate so uh, the configurability that we built in of course helps a lot now what that does of course is in terms of implementation there needs to be an understanding of what the customer is asking and translating that to this configurability layer at least to start off with. so we have a 3 to 6 month implementation process to make this happen and obviously there is also a lot of data migration as a part of this implementation right because there's tons of data from legacy systems right and employees background etc which is coming from an sap oracle all of these systems into our system so as a combination of this which is data migration and integrations with other systems and configuration it takes about 3 to 6 months again depending on how many modules they take how large the company is how complex the company is etc but this is the time it takes to implement so in terms of revenues today while we charge let's say if we charge 100000 for subscription per year we charge about 35 40% of it for implementation on top of that we want to take that higher the reason why we want to take that higher uh, suresh is some part of this we want to outsource to partners so today we work with the likes of ey deloitte etc to do our implementations and that means they need to be a certain amount of money where because with ey deloitte what they also do is they do a process redesign change management pmo etc along with the implementation of the product and there are customers who want all of that while they do the hr technology transformation so they actually take up that but in terms of the services to arr mix in the new arr additional 30% probably we charge on an average today uh, it's it's gone up to 40 now for the implementation services uh, revenue actually i was planning to ask this question you already prompted it typically implementations are better done through partners Uh, like uh, some SI partners who can implement, right? And you are saying already you are working with EY and other five other folks. In my own understanding, if you have to entice an EY or uh, somebody of that caliber, right? You need to have they typically look for a one is to one or a one is to two kind of a implementation revenue from the services revenue from the license sale, right? But here you are talking about thirty to forty percent. and that's way lower like for example if you say a 100k deal and if you get a 30000 implementation fee a new ai consultant will easily charge 7000 8000 a month and it's only three man months of work you can do yeah only one person <laughs> yeah only one and the economics doesn't work right so how how is it I so i think uh, the intention is to get there uh, suresh to get to one is to one or maybe point eight is to one because i think today work day is at the point eight is to one right like our sales force is at one is to one today in terms of partner revenues the other thing that happens suresh is today uh, other than this 30000 dollars which is just purely for the implementation that comes most of the partners also add other services on top okay right like, uh, process reengineering process reengineering so i think the one of the most important things that happens in an hr transformation is actually two things uh, which go hand in hand with hr transformation one is process reengineering because most organization when they're thinking of a new product also look at it as an opportunity to think rethink their processes to streamline to make it more efficient more agile etc so that's an additional revenue they get the other bit of it is because this is also a system which touches every employee there is a change management advisory kind of a uh, part to the whole thing so that is another thing that they get so actually they will probably be getting more than one is to one in some cases where this part of it is more expensive but the idea is eventually we should get to a place where we are able to give enough to the partner so that they find it lucrative enough to be a part of this venture and and it's not unknown in the market and the other advantage of an established category suresh is all of these rules have been defined by some of the legacy players <laughs> right it's not a category creation where somebody might question saying why is it so expensive or why is it not <laughs> right some of that is helpful that's that's actually useful yeah so one uh, one uh, question follow up from your previous one was you said you started out with 30000 uh, dollars ticket size what is it now 
like what is an average ticket size now and how long does it take to close it plus now that you've gone outside of india like you've gone into broader asia kind of a market right so how is it different from in other countries if you can compare and contrast india versus philippines or indonesia do they exhibit similar characteristics both in terms of deal size also in terms of closure uh, effort required to close in terms of number of months that would be very useful absolutely so today uh, we are more at the 75000 kind of uh, acv suresh mm-hmm. and uh, the time it takes again varies between 3 to 6 months in terms of a deal time uh, to close uh, from top of the funnel uh, so i think that is actually also improving because our brand is improving right so at least the trust building part of it doesn't become a big consideration it is a function of brand <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly right so and that is helping in terms of the speed of closure i think the interesting question is around uh, southeast asia i think the good thing about southeast asia suresh is the market structure is very similar and i'll probably didn't touch upon the market structure in india today it's it's very similar in southeast asia right mm-hmm. so most of the local players are focusing on smes right so most of the hrmss in this parts of the world in asia the local startups or the local legacy players right and there are, there are ton of them they focus on sme so either they have not started in sme and never moved out to enterprise or always wanted to continue in sme right so so that's that's one part and the enterprise is heavily skewed towards like an sap oracle work there right so the market consideration or the market characteristics are very similar in these parts of the world right if you take an indonesia philippines very similar right the 12000 that is in india would be an 8000 in indonesia in terms of companies and penetration levels of cloud and all of that and philippines would be let's say a 6000 companies yeah. right so very similar market characteristics that you see in these parts of the world which obviously lends itself well to a player like us who's already competed and won against the legacy players so that's one the other bit of it is culture uh, defines the processes in hr a lot compared to any other system all right and the cultural nuances right i'll give you an example right so there is a insurance ceo we were talking to in indonesia who said i've i've looked at a lot of products here but i have a very peculiar problem of people absconding <laughs> from work one day and i was just smiling right like we were like this is something we know we know how to solve for it we know a workflow which says it sends out a notice as soon as somebody doesn't show up for 3 days in attendance and then you have a full workflow triggered off from there and it, it sends you to exit etc right so some of those things which worked well for us in india yeah. obviously work well for us in southeast asia the other good thing about southeast asia is it's actually paced better than india as a market right yeah. uh, and probably some of it is due to non availability of local tech talent and local products as much so we get a good 1.5 to 2x in indonesia we get a good 4 5x in singapore a good 2x in philippines a good 4x in middle east right so it's a and and again that also is something that the market is already established at even if you take like a salesforce you take an sap oracle products etc that market multiples in terms of pricing has also existed so with very little tweak to our product and similar market conditions um, we were actually able to penetrate this markets much faster so we closed our first million arr quarter in southeast asia last quarter and it just took us 12 quarters to get there oh fantastic so what is the current like how do, how much quota does the sales person carry today on an average raise it's about 500k of quota that they carry mm-hmm. so you're looking at between uh, you have to close 5 5 to 10 deals yeah 5 10 deals depending upon the size of the deal correct correct and like we uh, something that we used to look forward to we closed our first 500k deal two quarters back now we have like some 10 of those in the pipeline so all of these are things which are new to us <laughs> which we are learning to deal with but i think but um, no like how much pipeline we need to build like to close 500k like how much pipeline they need to have what which essentially means like what is the opportunity to closure ratio right around 3x that's what yeah. we see yeah. again three deals one in three deals yes. yes that's a good uh, rate right because in enterprises the win rate is 15 to 20% not really like 35% is a very very good win rate in uh, correct the trickier problem in asia suresh is closure rate than win rate so if i break that problem up i think a lot of the 
players who are on on premise um, what is the difference between closure rate and win rate sorry maybe i'm not so so basically uh, the number of deals at the top of the funnel some of them might decide to not take up a system also correct correct, correct. right so because they have an existing system and hrms is a category where there is definitely an existing system which they are migrating from and so it could uh, be on premise they, they go to the status quo they go back to status quo which could be on premise in most cases they continue with that but where we win uh, right like where the closure happens we have a very good 70% win rate against some of the legacy players right and especially in enterprise as you go larger and larger in size of companies it will only be between the legacy players like an sap oracle work and us actually i would like to go deeper in there because i understand when you say legacy players sap and oracle i can somewhat relate to as legacy players but workday really is not a legacy legacy player in, in it's 18 years old this way so <laughs> i don't know if that comes as legacy but in tech i think uh, it is no uh, but actually it's not like i mean even freshworks is 11 years old like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like zo uh, like is uh, probably 20 years old right yeah. so it's not so much about the uh, the number of years of the company it is how the products have yeah. in touch with the changing trends of the software industry or the users expectation on the changing demographics of the users right now whether it is zoho or freshworks or workday i felt they have kept in touch with that experience user experience workday have used a little bit it doesn't look that bad but yeah i understand oracle and sap user interface is little tough <laughs> right i don't know like maybe they're still changing but i do understand oracle and sap but i'm still not able to understand both but tell us more about how are you winning against this instead of saying legacy i would always say other big giant brands right mm-hmm. you who seem to have crack uh, an approach to win against big brands like oracle sap and uh, workday and how did it happen what is the specific learning there it will be very wonderful to learn yeah absolutely and i think that's also been a journey suresh so and the answer would be different if it was 17 18 and now this year right 2017 2018 now i think the the initial one was around hustle right like the first 3 4 years was around hustle where our ability to solution our ability to show value to customers rather than sell it like a box uh, was a lot more right because we hustled through we were implementing ourselves versus they were telling a partner to implement they were rigid in terms of uh, understanding the problems or they're saying oh this is best in class solution you should take it right rather than solutioning for the customers specific needs i think that was uh, the case and as a brand built right and i think one of the things that was played to our advantage was that the unhappiness quotient with the global players right like uh, and it came from a place where the understanding of the nuances of at least asia was limited for these players right uh, the lim- the amount of configurability was limited they said this is best practice in the us you should follow rather than understanding the needs of the product locally which also meant that and and to go to go back to your workday point and maybe i was wrong in saying age is a factor around legacy or anything but i think it is it's about rigidity okay right where they came in and said this is best practice Okay. and in enterprise it's also about there is a reason for a process to exist right like it is not that people want to have a bad practice <laughs> so, so 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 they just said you need to change to this practice and what ended up happening suresh is either employees didn't embrace it right if you change process okay or people didn't change process process and did it offline okay so there was a clear need both in terms of the buyer and the end user that was not working Okay. right so slowly and steadily uh, we've started replacing them okay so most of 2017 18 was slow and steadily replacing in different sectors and understanding wh- what were the pain points with the existing global players and how we are better right so our narrative in terms of every touch point we had to get right right because we couldn't be lesser than them in any aspect we just start to be There's so much better there are interesting things happening here like see previously software used to be a one time cost hmm. and uh, replacing a software becomes expensive very impossible close to because customer will say you know what i already have the software i don't need to incur any more costs but now all the software has moved to month yearly recurring cost now the customer anyway has to pay 100000 or 200000 yeah. for the damn software now now he has a choice to actually move to a better software <laughs> yeah absolutely 
but that, that's actually helping the the new paradigm is more customer friendly in some sense right because and, and i'll add one more thing there suresh i think the the migration to a system yeah. Yeah. has become much faster right uh, a lot of the customers who were unhappy didn't move because for them to implement an sap oracle in the past took 12 months 18 months correct 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 and they were like if i embark on this journey a certain member of my team etc will be just lost in this <laughs> project for another year or so right correct, correct. so we need to have enough use cases mm-hmm. where we had examples where we did this in 3 months 4 okay. months the whole replacement without loss of any data with a lot more automation and a lot more modules so building that story okay took that time right where we could so say clearly what is winning is the power of the product maybe yeah absolutely and a power of the product and solutioning i would say and right? it's a combination and is price a factor price not as much we would we were at like 70% of the price of uh, sap oracle like early on today we are almost equal um, right uh, there are cases where they price lower than us and as well then the uh, modern experience coupled with the risk of not running a one year project right yeah, absolutely so, so that's really what is winning against uh, these big players but here i have a very nuanced question see in oracle and sap they end up because of their brand naturally they end up attracting very good talent see ultimately when i go to my sales team i actually say it's never a fight between kissflow and its competition it's always a fight between you the sales person representing kissflow and there's some another guy who's representing our competition it's really the fight between those two talents is eventually wins that game I mean, we can make the product they also make the product we do the marketing they also do the marketing right everybody does everything right so ultimately it's a competition between the individuals into these two companies now these companies have good talent they would have very good sales people they they hire like industry standard uh, compensation and stuff like that right how does your sales team beat against uh, the sap sales team or a or a oracle sales team i think uh, and uh, very valid question and i won't name one of the competitor but they actually in october 2018 gave a blanket offer to all our sales folks saying 40% increase in your salary come join <laughs> right there's an email which they have i i mean probably stupid of them but except for one like everybody stayed back which obviously people join for more reasons than just the money right and but the reason i would say uh, definitely is solutioning suresh right uh, what happens with the large players and while they have great teams etc they handicap them with too many teams and too much bureaucracy so what you're saying is they have good sales teams they don't have good solutioning teams i wouldn't say it's a team but i think the ability to solution together okay solution is limited because for the same thing that two people do in david box there are six people doing it in the large global players right for negotiation you have a team which is called a commercial solutioning team right for <laughs> product solutioning you have a team in product again integration solutioning you have a team so there are so many people you need to bring into the mix to solve for something and obviously the great sales folks there actually bring all of this together very very well yeah 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 right so so uh, with a combination of bureaucracy and right like inability to solution because obviously you are not allowed to be a little more open and flexible about solutioning mm-hmm. they get limited whereas if we can continue what we are doing at scale mm-hmm. in terms of being agile being ability to solution understand the customer pain actually build that relationship with them i think we'll continue to win right which is one of the reasons why we win against these players as well and that's why i'm saying it's a combination of product and solutioning that uh, that that wins and not just the product as well so what percentage i think we are coming to the end of the session right so we have like 2 3 minutes left i want to get some numbers like what percentage of your revenue you spend on marketing actually it's uh, it was interesting because uh, saas boom actually showed us the mirror we we were probably spending less than 15% of the revenue on marketing uh, and i think uh, one of the learnings from uh, the mckinsey study that happened etc is we were definitely under utilizing the market velocity where we could spend more we have fantastic right our ltv cacs will be like upwards of 15 20 because i 
and it's not a success metric as much as it's a metric which is telling us we don't have enough coverage <laughs> right we are not spending enough right like we are doing great job of the deals we are a part of but we could be a part of more deals so i think uh, that i think should be better as a uh, this thing and i think is the is the number actually that is low actually you should do at least double of that <laughs> yeah yeah no actually i i think uh, one of the things which the saas boomi study with mckinsey had brought out was that, one of the, that the, 25 30% uh, 25, uh, yeah. yeah okay that's pretty much what i had i hope uh, that was a that was a great uh, metric to end uh, this uh, podcast i think we talked in detail about how to beat uh, big players like sap oracle and you know uh, a startup like darwin box can do it I think a lot of entrepreneurs who are listening to this uh, are going to get charged up and say, "Hey, I'm going to do it as well." <laughs> thanks, thanks, Rohit. And hey, finally, I want to ask one last question. You said there is no CEO title in uh, Darwin Box. So, uh, how does the employees deal with that? Like, how do they don't they get convinced? Who's like, who's the buck stops here person in the company? So we have a very clear delineation of what we do, Suresh. So on those elements, the buck stops there. and it is like not how does the board not how does the board meetings like okay who makes this final call kind of discussions happen we never had that issue suresh but i, I think it came more from not having cxo titles rather than not having a ceo title right oh, like right. so as an organization we didn't have cx we still don't have cxo titles okay and uh, we had a very clear delineation saying oh this person does this and the final you got to hire a cmo or a cro right all all of that is going to happen yeah it will and i'm not saying we will not have a ceo also right like <laughs> uh, that will also happen right but we didn't see the need of it yet so i think that's where it came from and it worked for us right and uh, i think there also sometimes becomes a tendency where whatever function rolls up into the ceo and we've seen this play out generally tends to get overemphasized correct <laughs> uh, right and uh, the balance that you need uh, whether it's the customer view or the product view or the engineering view or the sales view hmm. that doesn't happen enough right so and that's where this has worked for us and whether it will work in the future we don't know right and i we are completely <laughs> open to the fact of having cxos the ceo and all of that today we don't that's sure, sure that was uh, that was a wonderful comment and with that let me come to the end of this session thank you very much rohit and it was wonderful talking to you and i wish you and our novin box the entire team all the very best and more and more success to you guys thank you so much suresh pleasure talking to you as always <laughs> thank you man cheers bye. Bye. bye bye hi folks i hope you enjoyed this episode feel free to share your thoughts and feedback to hello at sasbumi.com You can access this and all other episodes of SaaS Boomi's podcast at www.saasboomi.com. SaaS Boomi is spelled as S A A S B O O M I dot com. SaaS Boomi dot com. There is no H there. Until next time, this is Suresh signing off from you. Bye bye.